Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan McCrone, and this is episode 94 of Sodom and I. All right, so we are just going to get it started. Um, the name of this episode today is Believers versus Disciples. And this sermon was so good that I had to just go back, re go through my notes again. And then just keep adding on to it. And I just felt like we all could really use this, you know. Um, God just placed it on my heart. And I just wanted to talk about this. This was done a week ago. Today is Sunday. So I will say I um, had some business to take care of yesterday. Had had some hair to do and it went longer than expected. But I did have this prepared to do last night. I just wasn't able to actually record it. So I went to church today. I ate some food after church. I came home, took care of my dog. And, you know, now I, I, I'm ready. So believers versus disciples. Now, I hope you guys have your physical Bibles today. Um, we're not going to start off with the Bible verse. We're going to get into it. So. Believers versus disciples. What does this mean? We need to know Jesus for ourselves. So here's six bullet points, right? Here's six things that we should be keeping in mind. Familiarity breeds contempt, but only when your authority is based on your position more than your character to them, right? And them being other people. You know, to be familiar and to know are two different things, right? Let's think about uh, celebrities. A lot of us are familiar with celebrities, but we don't actually know who they are as human beings. To be familiar and to know are two different things. The people who are the most familiar of you receive the least from you. The people who are the most familiar of you receive the least from you. But the person who knows you, the more they can receive from you because they know uh, they know more and they know that they can trust you. The more they receive from you because the more they know you is the more they know they can trust you. The more familiar someone is with you, is the more likely you will take them for granted. But the more you know someone, the more you know their character, and the more you know you can trust them. I'm gonna go over that again, because I know it's the more you know, more this you know, they them this trust. <laughs> so one, familiarity breeds contempt, but only when your authority is based on your position more than your character to them. To be familiar and to know are two different things. The people who are the most familiar of you receive the least from you. But the person who knows you, the more they can receive from you because the more they know you is the more they know that they can trust you. The more familiar someone or the more familiar you are with someone is the more you take them for granted. But 
lastly, the more you know someone, the more you know their character, and the more you know you can trust them. Son, you're, you're chewing so loud. Gotta give him something different, but he loves his little bone bones. So now we are going to go to Luke chapter 2, verses 48 and 49. Right? And this is about Jesus when he was 12 years old. So these are the first recorded words of Jesus in the Bible. And this is talking about age-wise, not, um, bro, 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 <laughs> bro. <laughs> You was chewing on that bone bone, my lord. You having a good time? You, you, you having a good time? Thank you. I know. I know you're having a good time. <laughs> Yo, he, he be chewing on this bone. I feel like I got to yell. That's all right. Um, these are the first recorded words of Jesus, age-wise. And I put down verse 48 through 49, but we're just going to touch on like 40, you know, 41 through then. So his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when Jesus was 12, he was 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem after the custom feast, right? Um, so he was 12 years old. You know, it... it in Matthew, it starts at the beginning of Jesus' genealogy, literally starting from Ab not Abraham, my God. <laughs> Adam, starting from Adam, even though Jesus did come through the line of Abraham. Um, it just starts way up there, but this is actually speaking of Jesus when he first talked. Right, so... When they saw him, they were amazed, verse 48. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast, thou uh, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. They're like, Son, we have been looking for you for like three days. Where have you been? And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus said, why were you, how did you look for, how, how would you see me? Why would you look for me and not know that I was in my father's house? I'm about my father's business. So the question is, what is the father's business? And I would like to, I've been reading stuff in NKJV recently because I found out something about NIV. Basically, um, what Disney, Disney bought the rights to the NIV translation of the Bible and took out Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, which is a very important verse speaking about how you cast out demons and how you can, there's certain demons that you can only cast out while fasting. They completely took that verse out of NIV. And I don't know what year that happened. I can't do some more research on it. I was just taken aback. But if you go in your Bibles, in the Holy Bible app, my friend went into her physical NIV Bible 
and real it's not there it literally skips over verse uh 21 so i don't read niv anymore because i don't like people tampering or trying to tamper with the word of god so if i need some clarity i'm gonna go to nkjv right and it's still there's not many thou these thine there are some these but I, I read it NKJV now because it clears it up. It still gives you some clarity on the word and whatnot. So Luke chapter 2. Do, do, Luke chapter 2, 48, 49. All right, cool. Why did you seek me? Verse, verse 49. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Then verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. So, again, the question is, what is the father's business? Kingdom work, right? Jesus preached, teached, and demonstrated the kingdom of God. Jesus went from city to city preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. And not only that... Once he called his disciples, he told them to do the same. And now let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, which says, And as ye go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is a business. It is God's business. Now, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them. And these are the last recorded words of Jesus. Chapter 28 in Matthew is the last book of Matthew, by the way. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Right, in NKJV, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. So what we see here is verse 19 is a command. Disciples are not born. They are made. Disciples are not born. They are made. It, and it takes time to be made into a disciple. But if you want to get the best from God, if you want to appropriate the promises that God has put in his word for you, you have got to be a disciple, not just a believer. There's a lot of believers, but
but not everyone is a disciple. Believers repeat, but disciples know, right? A disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ. What is a disciple? A disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ. Many of us are believers, but not all of us are disciples. To be disciplined does not make you rigid, but it makes you resilient. As a disciple, right? Let me pause. Be, to be disciplined doesn't make you rigid, but it makes you resilient. And now we can even take this out of the context of just, you know, the Bible and God, right? To be disciplined in anything. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Think about a football player. Do you, and today, today is um <laughs> today is a Super Bowl. Do you think the best football team is undisciplined? Does that make them rigid? No, it makes them resilient. I don't want to be a football player. I've never wanted to play football, but there's people out here who do. But you can't just do whatever. You can't just eat whatever. You can't just not exercise. You can't just be inconsistent and go to the NFL. No, those men are disciplined when it comes to training, when it comes to studying plays, when it comes to just doing what they need to do to be winners. And even if they don't win, doing what they need to do to be the best athlete, the best football athlete they feel they can be. Right? That goes for basketball. Look, I'm a musician. You have to be disciplined in order to be a good musician, baby. This job is not for the weak. <laughs> this job is not easy. You got to make sure you stay practicing. You got to make sure you warm up and you got to make sure you warm down or you're going to be sad like I was Thursday before Bible study. Because <laughs> you can feel the difference when you aren't consistent. But now let's bring it back to being biblical because, you know, I, I like to stay within the Bible. To be disciplined it does not make you rigid, but it makes you resilient. Anybody who is disciplined is resilient. Resilient. You're gonna you're going to get back up, you're gonna keep doing, you're not gonna fall down. Right? As a disciple, you do not stay knocked down. You are either standing up, you are either standing up or getting up, right? If you're saying that you are a disciple of Christ, you are saying that you are a disciplined follower of him. The Bible says that for all, the Bible says for all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. I'm going to go back there right now. For all the promises of God in him, speaking about Jesus Christ, are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So, why are we not experiencing these promises? Man. When a bishop came over here and he he just dropped gems on us. God spoke through him. He said, I don't want to come in here and say anything more or anything less than if it was Jesus standing in front of you guys. 
He said, why are we not experiencing the promises that God, you know, gave us? God might have promised us this. He might have told us we're going to have a child or he might have told us we're going to get this house or we're going to get this job, but it hasn't happened yet. And we're like, Lord, what's going on? <laughs> I tried to deliver this how he did because he just did it so effortlessly. But maybe we're not experiencing these promises because we are still living in believership and not discipleship. Believership and not discipleship. And now we just went and spoke about believers repeat, disciples know. Disciples are not born, disciples are made. Believers are born, but they are not made. Disciples are not born, but believers are made. Man, there's just so many levels to this thing. Like I was just like, wow. But let's go to Matthew. Or well, we already, I think we already touched on that. Matthew chapter uh, 28, verse 19 says to go make disciples of all nations, not meaning countries, but people, all ethnicities. Go make disciples, not go birth disciples. Go make disciples of all nations. It takes discipline to observe what Jesus says. It is not easy. Like, I know we might see somebody who's been in Christ for like decades and, you know, when God tells them to do something, they do it. Or even somebody like me who's been in what I've been in. How long? How long have I have I really tried to get to know you, Lord? About two, three years going on three years. But really, uh, really two. Um, and really one since I started walking with him, like seriously, like trying to actually be a disciple and live by the word it takes discipline and it is not easy but believership is the beginning but you can't stay there when you become a disciple though you start understanding things that you never understood before and experiencing things that you never thought were possible right i thought man i could i could attest to this I really can. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Let's go there. You know, this one might hit you guys a little hard because, man, some of this stuff is going to sound a little familiar, right? Matthew chapter 24, verse 14 states the final sign before he returns uh, is the gospel shall be preached in all the nations. Then the end will come. So let me come here in NKJV. So we're going to read verse verses 3 through 14. The signs of the times at the end of the age. Now you guys let me know if any of this stuff sounds familiar. Today is February 11th, 2024. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and at the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you 
For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. When they will then, not when, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness still abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this is a gospel of the kingdom. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Then the end will come. So first, somebody's gonna, someone's going to come and say, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And this goes, this sounds like Revelation. Revelation, the four horses. I was doing my research on that. I actually need to get back into that more consistent learner. It, it work your brain though. Sometimes you just need a little breaky. But in Revelation, the white horse, the first of the four horses, that white horse represents the Antichrist. Even though it's like, oh my gosh, a white horse, isn't that going to be good? No. That white horse, that Antichrist is coming to deceive people. And I believe the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation is like people are going to be deceived. But Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. Will deceive many. Right? And then... You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Wars have been going on for a very long time. But one of the more significant, you know, wars that's going on right now, even though there's a lot, you know, going on that doesn't have media coverage, is Gaza and Israel. Literally Israel. <laughs> Literally Israel, right? See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Then famines, earthquakes, or famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. I'm just going to say in that order. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And we just spoke when God said nations, he did not mean countries. He meant people. Kingdom against kingdom and nation against nation. Nation and nation, kingdom, kingdom, that gives more uh, like places. No, I said nation, lol. Kingdom against kingdom gives places. But nations... Nations meaning people. 
It is crazy. Many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There be a lot of false prophets nowadays. People just be saying God said this and God said that. When God be like, I ain't saying none of that. Y'all are talking about your own feelings and being deceived, right? Man, I've, I've, I ain't even going to name. I'm not going to name people. But I have heard some crazy stuff. I've heard some crazy, insane stuff, right? Some some crazy stuff. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love thyself. And because the lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But the end who endures, but he, oh, well, the end who endures, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Mm. People are going to be doing a lot of stuff, but you got to push past that and still love them because that's what God said we need to do. Mm. Simply because that's what his word says. Not because we feel like we shouldn't mm. or we feel like we don't need to or, you know, it's not right to. God said, love your neighbor. Mm. This is a tough lesson. I'm not going to lie. But Jesus explained all of the things that will happen before the end will come. And now let's get to Jesus' last commandment, right? His last commandment should be our first concern. So how, how do I become a disciple? Hearing all this stuff in the end of the age and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't want the rapture to come and I'm not a disciple. Being believer is not enough. Believing that, you know, like, it's it's just, it's not enough. We need to live. We need to abide in his word. We need to live in his word. So let's hit John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Let me go in my NKJV here, actually. John chapter 8, 31 to 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, pause. He's talking to believers, not disciples. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, if you live in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So how do we become disciples? We have to live in his word. Mm. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely heard that before. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free though. I know a lot of people repeat that word of mouth. But what did we learn earlier? Believers repeat, disciples know. We will know the truth and the truth will make us free. Hallelujah. Not set us free. So let's think about the difference between make and set. If you set a prisoner free, it will not be long until they're imprisoned again. But if you make them free and teach them how to stay free and out of jail, they will never be in bondage 
again. To set someone free, you're not really teaching them. You're not you're not making them well equipped to stay free, but to make someone free. To teach them and and show them how to stay free versus just being like, here you go. They're not going to go back. Not everyone is made free when they go to jail, but some people are set free and they're still a danger to society. So many people repeat, but not everyone knows. This is why we have to read our Bible and and just keep doing good in Christ. Just keep abiding in the word. That's how we become disciples. And then as disciples... We are commanded to make more disciples. We are commanded to make more disciples. To teach them what you know and let the Holy Spirit give them revelation. Right? We cannot give them revelation though. Revelation does not come from man. If it came from man, uh, uh, life would probably be a lot easier than it actually is. But revelation comes from the Holy Spirit and only from the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. I'm going to repeat that. I hope we, we might not have caught it the first time. Let's do it another time. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, speaking about the things of God. For the Spirit teaches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Revelation, wisdom, knowledge. We, we, we can't save people. You know, God sent us. He, his, he wants us to go and plant seeds. But we cannot, like, make people understand. Man. So my friend, whose hair I was retwisting yesterday... We were watching these videos and there was this guy who was like set. He was not trying to have no confirmation or ask confirmation, con conversation or ask any questions. He came up there immediately stating he doesn't believe in God and he doesn't condone this stuff being done on public campuses. Like he was trying to sound real smart. Pastor ate when he was talking about this. People be lucky to sound smart. No, son. No. Thank you. People be liking to sound very smart. And man, the guy who was talking, he ate him up so bad. I <laughs> like I this I'm, I'm thinking about starting a YouTube channel or like not even starting a YouTube, but actually like 
recording with the camera, doing this stuff on YouTube, just so you guys can see certain things that I see. Because it's just like, wow. <sighs> Man. But he was trying to sound really smart. And I was like, what you're literally what you're saying does not even make any sense. He was just trying to use big words. And he was he did not come there with the open heart or open mind or anything. And he, was, he just came to argue. We cannot give people that revelation. Only the Holy Spirit can. But even Jesus said in Matthew, you have to have you eat the faith, even the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seeds are tiny. They are very small. Man, but back on topic, what happens to disciples? And this is the last thing. Number one, first, they get a hold of the word. Two, they live in the word. They abide by the word. Hold on. Three, the word gets a hold of them. And, you know, we just continue making more. So I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you guys are a blessing unto others. I hope you enjoy your, you know, nice little football Sunday. <laughs> and I love you, but God loves you so much more than I do. You have a wonderful day.